Chapter twenty of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two. Chapter twenty. London from April to September, eighteen twenty two. Revised in December, eighteen forty six journey from philadelphia to new york and boston mackenzie i was impatient to continue my journey it was not to see americans that i had come but to find something entirely different from the men whom i knew and more in accordance with the habitual train of my ideas i was anxious to hurry upon an enterprise for which i had no other qualifications than my courage and imaginative temperament when i formed the project of discovering a northwest passage it was not known whether North America extended to the Pole and was connected with Greenland, or whether it was bounded by some sea approaching Hudson's Bay and Bering Straits. In 1772, Hearn had discovered the sea at the mouth of the Coppermine River, in 71 degrees 15 minutes north latitude and 119 degrees 15 minutes longitude west from Greenwich. On the side of the Pacific, the efforts of Captain Cook and of subsequent navigators had still left doubts. In 1787, a vessel was said to have penetrated to an inland sea in North America. According to the account of the captain of this vessel, the whole of that which had been always supposed an unbroken line of coast to the north of California was merely a chain of very lofty and rugged islands. The Admiralty of England sent Vancouver to examine into the truth of these reports, and he ascertained that they were unfounded. Vancouver had not yet made his second voyage. In the United States they were beginning to talk about the course of Mackenzie, who left the fort of Chipewyan on Lake Athabasca on the 3rd of June, 1789, and descended to the Polar Sea by the river to which he gave his name. This discovery might have induced me to change my intended course and to go direct northwards, had I not scrupled about making any alterations in the plan arranged between Monsieur de Malzerbe and myself. It was my wish to go westwards in such a way as to arrive at the northwest coast at the head of the Gulf of California. Thence, following the outline of the shore, and always keeping within sight of the sea it was my aim to examine bering straits to double the most northern extremity of the american continent to travel eastwards along the shores of the polar sea and to return to the united states by way of hudson's bay labrador and canada what means had i to accomplish this enormous journey none most of the french travellers have been isolated individuals left entirely to their own resources it is very rarely that either the government or private companies have employed or even assisted them Englishmen, Germans, Americans, Spaniards, and Portuguese have accomplished, with the assistance of their governments, what unaided individuals of our nation have attempted in vain. Mackenzie, and after him many others, have made discoveries in America, to the profit of the United States and of Great Britain, which I dreamt of making for the benefit of my native country. Had I succeeded, I should have had the honour of giving French names to those unknown regions, and of bestowing upon my country a colony on the Pacific Ocean of depriving a rival power of the profitable trade in furs and of preventing that power from opening for its own use a shorter way to india by putting france herself into possession of it i have mentioned the projects in my essay historique published in london in seventeen ninety six and they were taken from the account of my journeys written in seventeen ninety one these dates prove that both in my wishes and my labours i preceded the last explorers of the arctic seas i found no encouragement at philadelphia I had an idea from that time that the object of this first journey would not be accomplished, and that it would only be the prelude to a second and more protracted one. 
I wrote to that effect to M. de Malesherbes, and, in expressing my hopes for the future, I promised to poetry that which would be lost to science. In fact, if I did not meet in America with that which I sought, viz. a polar continent, I did meet with a new muse. A stage-coach similar to that in which I had travelled from Baltimore conveyed me from Philadelphia to New York, a city gay, populous, and rich, but which was, nevertheless, far from being what it is now, and still further from what it will be in a few years, for the United States grow faster than my writings. On my way I went to Boston, to see the first field of battle of American liberty. I have seen the field of Lexington. I sought there, as I did subsequently at Sparta, for the tombs of those who fell, obeying the holy laws of their country. Wonderful example of the connection of all human affairs. A financial bill passed in the English House of Commons in 1765 causes the establishment of a new power on the earth in 1782, and the downfall of one of the most ancient kingdoms of Europe in 1789. End of chapter 20